Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast presented by Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. We are part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today is... Andrew Allegretta, one of the play-by-play voices of Commodore Athletics. Andrew appears on the guest line. That is presented by Michael Kendrick of the Kendrick Group. Michael is a local carpenter and a longtime Vandy fan. He builds bookshelves, cabinets, picture frames, furniture, and other made-to-order items. That includes a display case for my prized Dale Murphy jersey. I was looking for something to put that in for 15 years Couldn't find anything I liked. Got Michael to make me one, and I love it. I have seen his work, of course. He's a true craftsman. If you are in the market for custom woodwork, give Michael a call. That number is 615-830-9458. Now on to our show with Andrew. We welcome Andrew Allegretta to the show. Andrew, hope you are doing well. We will spend a little time dissecting Wake Forest mostly looking ahead to Northern Illinois. Hope you're doing well. Let's start here. Let's look back to Wake. What do we learn from that game? I feel like they butted up against something that we probably expected that they would, and, and there's a growth point for you. So again, I don't, I don't know that it's a, a true learning. I think it's just things that perhaps we would have expected to have happened, happened and got underscored. Yeah, and I mean, look, it, you know if you're minus two in turnovers against Wake Forest, you're barring a miracle, not winning that game? Uh, if you're minus two in turnovers about just about anybody, especially for where Vanderbilt is in its growth process, you're going to have... Yeah, pro- probably this week, too. Yeah. Yeah, this week and certainly the rest of the season. Uh, and, and there will be those games in which Vanderbilt makes a couple of mistakes. And yeah, they'll be minus two in turnovers and they lose the ball game. Um, I, I, I don't think that's a surprise. Um, they were... You know what's interesting, and, and I don't necessarily know that it's a problem yet. Through three games, there's no interceptions yet for Vanderbilt. I think that's reflective of – I really do think that's reflective of the defensive line depth uh, to an extent. Um, it's just, boy, you're just – you're limited with rotations and you're limited with, uh, you know, flat-out energy level and exertion level to get to the quarterback and create some problems. Um, but that's going to have to get better at some point in time, forcing a few interceptions. Uh, you know, uh, Hawaii, their running back, Parsons, was good, but he carried it loose, and we took advantage and had two scoops and scores. You know, good teams aren't going to present you with the opportunity that lesser teams will. So, yeah, as, as the challenge goes on throughout the course of the season, you've got to be better and sharper. Um, no, none of that is necessarily surprising, but, you know, those are the things that you have to take, take care of if you're Vanderbilt. I'm presuming you are at least somewhat on your way to, to prep for Northern Illinois. Um, they've got a quarterback named Rocky Lombardi, who I think a lot hinges on him. It's a, been a tough physical team. It's a team that won the MAC a year ago, has improved pretty rapidly under Coach Thomas Hammock. What stands out to you about the Huskies as you look at this matchup? <laughs> I appreciate the lead in because you gave me enough tangible information. If I hadn't prepped, I could like squeeze my way through an answer. <laughs> we, we, hey, uh, we, we have yeah. all been there. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much uh, prepped for Northern at this point on a Wednesday. 
um, not finished by any stretch, but certainly um, chipping away. Um, certainly, certainly their rushing attack stands out to you because that's, that's kind of their calling card. I, I think in maybe three years, they've run the ball 60% of the time with Coach Hammock. And again, like, you know, Northern Illinois with a running quarterback is, is not a new sentence, right? Jordan Lynch, uh, circa 2012 and 13. Um, I, you know, we actually just shot the keys to the game little video that we do for Vanderbilt football uh, Twitter account, me and Kevin. And, you know, and, and the, the first two things that you and I have talked about are the things that I, <laughs> we talked about in the video. Kev brought up the turnovers and taking care of that. And to me, tackling is a big deal in this game. Um, if, if you can bring down, whether it's Lombardi, however they decide to deploy his rushing attack, or they've got a handful of pretty good running backs. I mean, they've got guys that were committed to South Carolina that be committed or, you know, are on the Doak Walker award list, which I recognize a hundred guys are on that, but you know, they're, they're still talented running backs. You know, if you can, if you can be gap sound, whether that's Anthony or D Ethan Barr, the Patterson, the defensive front, whatever it happens to be, if you can be gap sound, make contact with them and bring them down at the point of contact and all of a sudden Northern's in third and eight, third and nine, it's a different ball game. Uh, but if they, if they scratch it for four yards, five yards, and it's third down and one, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough game. Um, you know, I think their passing attack appears to have a couple of uh, skilled players. Having said that, their, their best player, their best wide receiver that was all Mac a season ago, uh, ripped up, I believe he ripped up his knee in the preseason and he's done for the year. So that limits some of their explosiveness. And that, that's really where Vanderbilt has been, has been gutted on the defensive side of the ball um, for the better part of three games, right? They've, they've given up a ton of chunk passing plays um, so far this year. I don't have the number in front of me, but I think it's like, I mean, goodness, it might be about, you know, 15 or 20 uh, chunk passing plays so far through uh, three games. So, you know, the fact that Rocky Lombardi is more of a runner, not to say he can't throw it, but more of a runner and the team is more run-based, I, I think presents potentially an opportunity for Vanderbilt to match up sliding toward their favor, but you still have to take care of business. Well, the other thing that's hurt Vanderbilt is just being hurt. Quincy Skinner hasn't really played. Has. I mean, yeah, it, I mean, it really and it's has. kind of snuck up on us after the Hawaii game. I mean, it just seemed like a lot of guys went down. And I, I think everybody was caught up in the euphoria of the win and like, oh, okay. And, you know, we're hearing these aren't really significant things. And you look up and two weeks later, guys still are on the field. And, and some of those guys were were really, really missed, I think, against Wake. Um, you know, Quincy Skinner hasn't played since then. Rocco Griffin hasn't played since then. I really think they missed Rocco last week. Julian Hernandez. I, I really, really yeah. think they missed Rocco Griffin. For sure. And yeah. I think they missed the defensive line depth. I mean, those, to me, the struggles that you've seen, even at times against Elon, are, are very much rooted in in fatigue that is gained throughout the course of a ball game by Ray Davis or by Malik Langham or by Christian James or, or whoever else you want to throw out there and, and how that impacts their ability to play in the fourth quarter and second half. And then, quite frankly, the, the scheme limitations that are presented to Joey Lynch. And I mean, no, nobody is going to throw gobs of empathy at, at coaches at this particular level. Like you are, we all get it. You're paid to perform and all of that sort of stuff um, from a coaching side. Um, but it's true. It's still true, right? Like 
that is the thing that I always feel like goes missing, um, providing just a nickel's worth of empathy for coaches is, you know, people think it's like, how do you retool your program from year to year? Like, forget that. It's more about, it's more about how can you manage the attrition you're going to face throughout the course of a season? You think you've got A, B, and C, and it turns out that you've got X, Y, and Z. And, and, and how can you figure out your way through it? And again, Vanderbilt's at a place in its, its program growth where if you have the injury issues of Rocco Griffin or Quincy Skinner or Julian Hernandez or, uh, you know, Davis or Devin Lee, which it looks like he'll get back a little bit this week. If you have those injuries, it just gets way more challenging where they are in their, their depth acquisition, you know? So I, I'm with you. I think I think injuries are a huge story so far and perhaps simmering underneath everything because of the first couple of wins. But, but yeah, through three games, I think it's mattered a ton. This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast has been made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. Just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville, but he sees regular folks like you and I as well. What people love about Jody's office is the ambiance. It's relaxing. It's friendly. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. Whether your needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody today. Call him 615-270-2322. See him at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown or the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player and a huge Commodore booster, so go and talk Vandy sports with him while you're there. Go see Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of this podcast because without it, this season would not be possible. If you had to guess, what do we see out of Griffin, Hernandez, and Skinner, or do we even see all those guys? I hesitate to guess. I really do because I know we thought that Rocco was going to play against Wake Forest, and then you know all of a sudden Rocco, Rocco is out, and, and Quincy's been, I believe, for the most part, practicing, but... You know, as Coach said, it's a soft tissue thing, and, and sometimes that can get nagging, and it's an issue. I, I hesitate to guess. I mean, as a as a foundational principle, generally speaking, when you get banged up and you miss a couple of games, and then you come back, you're you're limited in some capacity, uh, just from a uh, you know an endurance standpoint. So I don't know. I, I really don't. I, I say all that. Sam Hartman was out for a month and hardly did anything because. Get a blood clot removed, and he was out there tossing three or four touchdown passes. So you never know. Yeah. Um, well, the, the, I mean, look. Last Tuesday, this has been eight days ago now. I saw Rocco Griffin jog off the practice field. Looked fine. Everybody's talking. He's probably going to play. I, I don't think I gave it a, a second thought. Uh, then, then I look up in binoculars game day and. He's not even in pads. Um, so, you know, th- those things can be tenuous. The, the Devin Lee one, I think that's another one that when they get him back, and hopefully it is Saturday, he really helps. Because I, I just don't think they are very deep on the D-line with those big kinds of bodies you need to win SEC games. And, and he would... He and Davey and Davis are their two most physical linemen, I think. I don't know when they get Davis back. Maybe you have an opinion there. But Devin Lee, like I saw him in fall camp 
just over you know doing some light stuff to to rehab and just physically he looks a lot like the guys that everybody else in the league has that they generally don't yeah i mean he certainly flashed last year at times um i think maybe the florida game he had a couple of tackles that stood out or you know kind of down the stretch there um you know, I, I don't know. I, I hesitate to say what impact from a physical standpoint Devin has. Um, obviously, he's a talented young man, uh, but but I do know, you know, at all of the positions where depth really matters, defensive line really matters. It's a lot of snaps on those big bodies and the ability to roll a whole second wave of defensive linemen out there. Look, I... You know, the ACC is not the SEC, but when Bud Foster and Charlie Wilds, who was the defensive line coach at Virginia Tech for a number of years, who's now at NC State, I think he's still at NC State, were having so much success, and, and you just couldn't run against those guys, and the defense was kind of doing really good things. It was just, you, you'd watch, and, and, they'd, and they'd roll four new guys out there sort of at will. Uh, and you'd never necessarily heard of the second-line guys, but in two or three years, they were, they were, frontline starters in the ACC, and that kind of happened repetitively over the years. Uh, it, it matters at that position. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I make the comparison to of the pitching staff for Vanderbilt baseball. It's, you know, Hunter Owen goes down. Who can you, who can you fill in? It'll be pretty darn good. Vanderbilt kind of did that a season ago. And they've done it for so many years, having pitching depth. Uh, I, I, you need depth at all positions, of course, in the SEC, but Boy, I put a highlighter on defensive line, really needing some depth. Um, just, just the way the game goes, the physicality, the exertion, the endurance that's required. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, that's and that's been goodness. That's been an issue for them as as long as we've been alive. But um, hopefully, they it's, it's rectified. It's kind of an issue for everybody, right? I mean, it's, yeah, there's a finite number of those players. It's it's the same. Well, maybe not for Georgia, but they, well, yeah, for. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah, but Georgia gobbles all of them up, and Alabama gobbles all of them up, and LSU gobbles all of them up, and the rest of the world is, you know, there's a finite number of those type of physical specimens in the same way that there's a finite number of, like, super-skilled Sigmund in basketball. Like, it's, it's just, it's a position, there's a finite, you know, crop of people to work with. So I, I, don't, I don't necessarily know that, that we're unique in this particular struggle, um, but when you play in the conference that we play in, it gets exposed in ways that other people's lack of depth doesn't get exposed. Are you ready for the mailbag? Let's go, Chris. We're always ready for the mailbag. Today's <laughs> mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland & Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call. That number 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Okay, Ann Arbordor asks what's the mood of the team and how seriously are they taking NIU? Well, I think they're taking NIU very seriously. Uh, I, I'm always cautious to retreat to the whole they never quit narrative uh, just because it's, it's a bit fatigued and it's tired. Uh, but Vanderbilt didn't quit against Wake Forest, and that's good. We saw moments in which uh, you kind of flashed the future of Vanderbilt's offense with A.J. Swan and McGowan and Will Shepard and you know, uh, you saw those moments. Um, I, I don't think they quit. I think they take this stuff very seriously. Uh, I, I think the, the deck is stacked against them in this point of the growth trajectory for Clark. Uh, so 
and that's nobody's fault, right? It's, it's nobody's fault. It's just, these are the cards that you're dealt and you've got to work with them. So I, I think there's, I think they care. I, I, if anybody doubts about the care level holistically of the team, I, I, don't, I really don't think you should. Of course, there's a few guys, like you've got a hundred dudes. Nobody's going <laughs> to, there's not going to be a maximum output that's equal across a hundred dudes in the same, you know, give a, you know, give a damn level across a hundred dudes. Um, of course not. But as a group, I think there's passion and there's care. And I see the way Gavin Schoenwald tries to lift this team to another level. I'm kind of diverting my answer a little bit here, Chris, but I think what's, I think what's really hard about growth processes or processes, uh, especially in the sports world, is as a new staff comes in, there's just there's a mentality and there's a cultural difference between new staff expectations and old players on their way out. And I, we certainly felt some of that last year, and that's okay. Uh, but to get buy-in from the upper class to help bring along the freshmen is a really big deal. And I, I, I genuinely think that we have positive seniors and upperclassmen that are bringing along younger players. It, it's, it's easy to have the upperclassmen saturate the underclassmen, and the new coach can never really get his message uh, into, the, into the ecosystem of the team. But you know, Gavin Schoenwald a great leader. I, I've seen how much he cares and wants to make this place better than he found it. So uh, I, I, I think the care level is high and I, no part of me thinks that they're shrugging off Northern Illinois. Uh, Clark, Clark wouldn't let them. Uh, no, nobody's naive, naive enough to say that Vanderbilt's at a place currently as a program where they can look past anybody. So I, I think they care and they're taking it all very seriously. Yeah, I think they learned that lesson against East Tennessee State last year. Yeah. And maybe the second half against Elon. So, okay, the next one, um, and I guess we can go a number of different ways because I'm not sure exactly what he means by this. But Sipcop asks, "Do you think the defense? How do you think the defense will come out against Northern Illinois?" I don't know, uh, and I say this with uh, as I'm sitting in the stadium, Nick Howell starting his dog in front of me, so I don't think he's terribly interested in <laughs> coming over here and divulging anything. Oh, come on, um, ask him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick, Nick Howell's not a super huge fan of doing media stuff, which, you know. I've gathered that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's well within everybody's uh, personal taste and rights. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like, from a schematic standpoint, I've got no idea. From an energy standpoint, I, I do think they'll be fine. Um, I, I'm I don't, I don't want to say this as any sort of huge puff out your chest, but, but I, I'm a lot more nervous going up against pass-heavy defenses or offenses than I am going up against run-heavy offenses, just the way the defense is structured. So um, I, I think there's a potential that if Vanderbilt executes well, um, that, that you could find some success. Uh, and just try to keep Northern Illinois' offense off the field, get them bring it out, all of that sort of stuff. I, again, their, their talent level is good. They won the MAC championship a season ago, which despite the attendance figures in the MAC, still produces quality players. Uh, so uh, they're good. Uh, I just the way that they play offense might be helpful for what Vanderbilt has in the bag defensively. Let's see. The next question from Sib Cop is. Uh, is one I've got to locate again because I lost my place here. Okay. <laughs> you want me to take it up? <laughs> well, 
that could get interesting. Okay, here it is. Do you see a small package for A.J. Swan during the game? Well, Clark said at his Tuesday press conference, his, uh, his press conference that he doesn't like playing uh, two quarterbacks, uh, and he certainly doesn't want to have that the, the underlying principle. Uh, so uh, your gut would be, you know, the question is, do you see a small package for A.J.? Um, I mean, I think they're probably always sitting on a portion of the playbook that is functional for AJ uh, in case Mike gets hurt. Um, so, like a direct answer would be, yeah, sure, they've got they've got a collection of plays that work for AJ. Now, are, are they going to try to deploy it strategically in a two quarterback system? I don't know. Um, it doesn't sound like that's where Clark wants to go. Um, uh, but you know, I, Hey, look, I, Mike's, Mike's a wonderful leader, a wonderful athlete has, has, I mean, he set a, he set a record six touchdowns in a game, you know, Earl Bennett didn't do that. Frank Mordica didn't do that. Mike Wright did. Uh, it's one game. So by the way, I've never, ever seen this in my life. I don't need to uh, totally stop and answer, but I'm sitting in first bank stadium and they're doing work beyond you know, the North end zone. Uh, to get ready for the basketball practice facility. And I just saw a crane literally lift a tree straight up into the air. <laughs> There's a tree about three wow. of the way up the video board. I've never seen a crane just like remove a tree. <laughs> you're not underneath it, are you? No, no you're at the other end. end zone underneath. Yeah, I'm at the other end, but I've just never seen a crane grab a tree and just go straight up onto the ground with it. So, Is that um, one of those magnolias? Uh, I don't know. I'm not a horticulturist by any, by any stretch. Uh, so. <laughs> nor, I, nor do you play I one on this I, broadcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. I did it. I did say a holiday in last night. So sure. It's a magnolia. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I think AJ is very talented. I think Mike's really talented. I don't know how they're going to go about that. I, you know, certainly the desire with what Mike provides to you from his athleticism Again, it's sort of befitting where Vanderbilt is at the moment, and you know the, the the strength of the offensive line and how they have to play. I think the offensive line has actually been a lot better this year, so I don't want to dog them. Uh, but the challenges get heavier and all that kind of stuff, and having Mike's legs is a really good thing. So I don't know is 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 my answer to that question. I, I will find out on Saturday for sure. But you know, AJ AJ has proven throughout the course of camp that he is he is a talent to pay attention to. Uh, and he is there to help the team uh, if the moment arises. Well, he has now played in two games, three more, and there's no red shirt. And I'm I'm strongly suspecting, boring an injury, uh, he will not see a red shirt this year. He will not see, see a red shirt. I don't think so. Oh, I, I no idea, honestly, Chris. I, I yeah. sit here having not sat in offensive offensive meetings with Joey and Clark. So I don't, I don't know. He's he played in the Hawaiian game because he was supposed to what it was. Uh, he played in the Wake Forest game because they needed a spark. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think ideally you could still go to Mike Wright, but I, you know, you earn it every day. They, what are they? The, the hashtag for the recruiting classes earned it every 24. You walk through the hallways or the Vanderbilt facility, it says, here we earn it every day. So, you know, you rent your position, you don't own it. So, I mean, nothing's guaranteed. Um, but uh, the first foot forward is certainly Mike Wright. 
I'm, I'm hearing what sounds like construction noise around you. I think we need a live update here other than moving trees. Uh, there's a, there's a, there's moving trees. And I, you know, like I, <laughs> it's so, it's so funny to me. And I, again, I've taken this conversation in multiple different ways. Like I am so aware of why renderings, uh, and promises of such, um, you know, land softly, um, with all of us. Uh, I don't, I don't have the, you know, a, emotional experience with it all, but I, I've talked to people and I understand why it, those things land softly. But every time I go walk to get Starbucks here around the corner on West end, like you've got to, you've got to dodge a backhoe ripping up a sewage line. Uh, you've got to dodge a tree that's getting lifted up out of the ground. So I'm watching a tree that's getting, uh, they've stopped the tree here. Um, but off to my left, there's a backhoe that's digging about a 50 foot, you know, crater in the ground as they work on sewer lines over here. So we're, we're chipping away, man. It's going to be a lot slower on all this stuff than I'm sure all of us would like. Um, even Candace, even Clark, but I'm, I'm watching a backhoe dig a crater in the ground. So we're, we're doing something. I hope you're upwind from all that. If they're dealing with sewer lines and such, you know, um, <laughs> let's see here. Puts my finger up in the air. I believe I we could, I we could really go in a lot of directions with this one now. <laughs> I believe, I believe I'm fine. Good, good. That's good to know because, uh, yeah, that could be messy otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, uh, I, uh, I, 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 you know, again, called eight years of Virginia Tech baseball, and for like the first three or four years, across the street was a was a cow pasture, and we we would joke like there were days when the biggest advantage was the direction of the wind because it would take it would take the cows right it would take the cows <laughs> and, and bring them to the field. So the, the Hokies were very aware of what that would be like and the hurricanes or the blue devils or the Eagles or the whoever didn't. So there were, there were, there were times when it was like, you showed up the ballpark and you're like, Oh, we got an advantage today. Uh, eventually they did uh, relocate all of the cows. I, I don't know. I'm not a, again, I'm not a horticulturist. I'm not a farmer. Uh, they just packed up all the cows and moved them somewhere else. So that went away. Uh, but for a while it was like, I wonder which, which way the wind's blowing today with the cow pasture. Was that a recruiting pitch? Like, you're not going to like this at first, but eventually we're going to wear other teams down with this. I know. I, Just well, wait the till wind the wind was, blows. Actually, yeah, the wind was because they could recruit uh, right-handed power hitters because the wind would blow out yeah. the left field. And, uh, for folks that are super into college baseball, the Hokies hit a ton of home runs this past year, uh, in, in part because of the recruiting style and in part because the, the way that ballpark is set up, uh, the wind can get going. And I mean, a, a little, you know, 350-foot pop-up to center field becomes a 400-foot wall scraper. All right, I'll, I'll rescue this podcast from the sewer and <laughs> ask you if there's uh, if there's anything <laughs> worth discussing um, for the Northern Illinois game that we haven't gotten to. And by the way, when do you guys when do you head up there? Uh, I think we leave uh, Friday at about uh, noon, one o'clock, something like that. Um, We'll head up there then. I don't know. I haven't checked to see exactly where we're staying. We are not staying. My understanding is we're not in DeKalb. Um, yeah. But I don't. You're probably near. You're probably uh, in greater Chicago, I'm going to guess. That's where. Um, yeah. Yeah. We stayed up there. I, I think I've mentioned this. My, my nephew played at, at Wyoming, and I went to his game there last year, and we stayed. Man, I'm going to say a good 45 minutes out of uh, out of DeKalb. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want someone to on your message boards or to me directly or to you directly 
Like if you've made it this far in the podcast, like if you <laughs> if right. you didn't uh, drift after the conversation of sewer lines, uh, please please message us. Um, yeah. You no, know, I, I I um, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, I think this is a really really good test. Um, I, but it's one it's one in which I don't I don't go into it feeling like boy it's going to have to go perfectly for us to win. Um, we can't make mistakes, turnovers, penalties, all of that sort of stuff, but Northern's doing the same thing. Um, I don't know that I consider it a must-win game, but, uh, you know, I, r- the biggest challenge, just from a public communication standpoint, is there are these, there, there are these growth points that you can see that are just in the ether, and then there's the black and white stuff that translates to did you win or did you lose, and ultimately it comes down to the black and white stuff. And I, and what I what I see on a daily basis is is true genuine growth on the in the ether sort of thing. Like the care level is high, the talent level has improved, um, all of the, the the culture building stuff that Clark wants has improved. Dave Clawson was three and nine his first two seasons and in his third with seven and six. And we saw what they've become after nine years of Dave Clawson. But for Clark's sake and for this program's sake, having a proof of concept with an actual win changes. I mean, Hawaii's not the world's greatest program, but they beat them like a drum. And we watch people pay attention to Vanderbilt for a moment. It, it, are you a better team if you beat Hawaii 63 to 10? Or if you play Wake Forest super close, like what is more telling? I don't know. But this, but if you if you lose one and win the other, people will pay attention to the win. So all I'm saying is getting out of Northern Illinois would do a world for this entire season. Because if you can get Northern, if you get one SEC, then you go from two and ten to four and eight. You grab an SEC win, and you you can clearly plot <laughs> on the uh, on the on the chart the growth that you've seen. So I, you know, for their sake, because I do see the work ethic, I do see the growth on a day-to-day basis. I, I, I just for them, getting out of here with a win would do a lot uh, externally for where people see this program going. Well, perhaps next time I have you on the podcast, uh, there will be less talk on sewage and, and perhaps a discussion on a win. I, you know, well, hey, Candace has <laughs> joked about it too, right? Because. I mean, <laughs> Because she she has like for the past twelve months at Vandy United they've had to do city planning stuff and she's had to talk more about sewer lines than she'd want to uh, versus what the you know the south end zone and the north end zone and the practice practice facilities are going to look like so I mean that's just you know byproduct of our current situation but yeah it, it's been uh, it's been a talking point for everybody. Well, we'll keep an eye out for flying trees and, and look forward to uh, having you on again soon and wish you guys all a safe trip to uh, DeKalb. Thank you so much, sir. Which is, which is by the way, not scenic DeKalb, uh, but, but there is plenty of stuff to do in that area. So Fair enough. I'll take it. I'll just leave it there. All right. Thank you, Andrew. We'll, we'll catch you soon. Thanks, Chris. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrisley70 at gmail.com. 
We also ask that you subscribe to our website, VandySports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VandySports.com. Follow me at ChrisLee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.